is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Congratulations! You made the playoffs. Everybody's happy. Way to go. All right. Or maybe you missed the playoffs. But thanks for playing. Thanks for participating. Welcome to the show. Our week 13 recap. I'm Adam Azer. Hey, Dave Richard. What's up? If you miss the playoffs, it's in the words of Tommy Tran, our intrepid host on CBS Sports HQ, DFS time. Oh, it, is. it is. Heath, I, it's I, always DFS I think time. Congratulations are in order for everyone on this podcast. We all made the playoffs in the podcast league, right? I oh, think so. I, Although, knew I knew you were going to do that, Heath. No, we did it. Heath knocked me out of the playoffs <laughs> by five points tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Congratulations, Heath. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> what do you mean? You asked how I was. Right. I gave you the most honest and succinct answer I could so we could move on to the things people actually Wait, listen to this podcast for. Not as, not as good of a week as last week, huh? It's not quite as fun as last week, no. Uh, yeah. My week was more fun than last week. Oh, congratulations. I think we're all talking about DFS and how we did on Facebook, we are. Which, we'll, which we'll tell you about in a little bit. Uh, let's talk about week 13. I asked you to sum up week 13 in 13 words. Heath, do you have 13 words to talk about Sunday? I think I have exactly 13, but right, with some it. of my calculations earlier today, I could be wrong. Uh, Devontae Parker, legit. Jets and Rojo, not. Almost touchdown suck, not pass interference. Which one was not pass interference? What are you referring to? Okay. I really don't like it when analysts cover sports and constantly crap on the game that they cover and act like the game's terrible for all of these reasons. So I don't want to be the person that does that. But the ending of that Chargers and Broncos game made me want to do that. The Broncos, legitimately, their, their play was, Let's drop back, throw it out of bounds to the <laughs> sideline, try to run into the back of the defender and see if the idiot ref will throw a flag so that we know that New York won't review it because it's cold out here and nobody wants to play overtime between two losing teams. And it just made me hate football and not want to watch anymore. It's a good thing that was the last game. Wow. About that. No, it you know, that was you not want to watch lame. football anymore, Heath. No. That, that, play? that play made me not want to watch. I mean, I'm going to watch, obviously. I'm going to watch as soon as the podcast's over. I'll go watch some more. Of course. But that play made me hate the game of football as it is currently played. I think you need to write an open letter to Roger Goodell. I think he just because did. I think I, I, I just think was, did. He, can, I, he listens I to this think, podcast. <laughs> well, we don't know if he does anymore or not. But we do know <laughs> that, that was, you've got a legitimate gripe. And uh, I, I, I think it's worth Spreading the word around. It was a really bad call. All right, Dave. 13 words to sum up week 13. Okay, here we go. Losing teams beat contenders. Weather didn't matter much. Gase stinks. Running back heartbreak. Okay. And my my 13 words to sum up week 13. Patrick Mahomes, meh. Bucks backs annoying. Devontae Parker, star. I'm mad at Sam Darnold. I think that was 14 words. It was. Damn it. And a contraction. Yeah, you're terrible at this game and life. <laughs> it's so true. One thing I certainly <laughs> am not is the best. But let's talk about the best 
of Week 13. And it wasn't necessarily who we thought. Aaron Rodgers was great. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was such a DFS bargain, and he had a predictably awesome game and a good matchup. Darius Geis broke out. Raheem Mostert maybe the lead running back now. He better be for San Francisco. Peyton Barber. So let's get to it. Dave, let's start with the quarterbacks. Do you know which quarterbacks were of Week 13? The best. What do you, uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's number one. And Duh. Fitzpatrick, Carson Wentz. It's not the complete list, but what do you think about those three in particular? Well, I think Aaron Rodgers just took advantage of a really good matchup and had a, himself a game. I thought this was going to be one where the running backs would do a lot more. Really, it just turned out that the Packers were able to do whatever the heck they wanted to do, and it worked out great for them. I don't know if we can count on Rodgers as to say that this is a breakout game for him and that you can start him confidently week in and week out for him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can feel a little bit better about Rodgers moving forward, and it's good that he had one of these games just to kind of remind us that he's one of the best around. Uh, he's got Washington at home next week. I'm thinking that he can he can put up some big numbers there. Bitter rivalry with the Bears in Week 15. We'll see what the Bears' secondary looks like by then. And then Week 16 at Minnesota. <laughs> no, they're, they're terrible against quarterbacks. Not terrible, I feel but they're like not, that, they're I not feel great. like that's going to be a massively impactful game, and Rodgers could just struggle in that one. I think the Vikings could rise up by that. All right, well, we'll see. We have time to deal with that. Now, Fitzpatrick and Carson we do. That's Wentz. That's true. Heath, um, they're obviously very different. Wentz is 96% owned. He was 62% started. He scored 30 points at Miami. Fitzpatrick in that game scored 32 fantasy points. Uh, are they starts next week? They've got the Jets and the Giants. Fitzpatrick's at the Jets, and Wentz has got the Giants at home. Well, we just saw what Aaron Rodgers did to the Giants, and he hadn't hardly scored that many fantasy points in his last three games combined. So, yeah, I'll probably be starting Carson Wentz against the Giants. I don't plan on starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a fun DFS play, a fun guy in two quarterback leagues. Love the connection he has with Devontae Parker right now, but not somebody that will be in my top 12. Did you just call him a mushroom? He's a fun, a fun guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, just to sum up some of the top quarterbacks, two of those three plus Jared Goff, who scored 28 fantasy points. I sort of outlined this when we did the previews. When Carson Wentz has had good matchups, when Aaron Rodgers has had good matchups, when Jared Goff has had good matchups, they've done really well. And when they've had bad matchups, they've struggled. There's one exception. Carson Wentz struggled against Atlanta. In that game, he lost Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, so I don't really count it. But that's that's what these guys are. It's weird to say it. Aaron Rodgers seems to be a matchup guy right now. Carson Wentz, a matchup guy. Jared Goff, certainly a matchup guy. And they all took advantage of great situations this week. All right, the best running backs. Again, not a complete list, but the ones that really stand out are worth talking about in fantasy. Heath, Darius Geis, I mean, did he really break out? Because he still had fewer carries than Adrian Peterson. Both of them had great games against arguably the worst run defense. You know, one of the worst run defenses right up there with the Jags. Uh, that would be <clears throat> uh, that would be the Carolina Panthers. So Geis, Raheem Mostert, 19 carries for him, 146 yards and a touchdown against the Ravens. And Peyton Barber got 17 carries for 44 yards and two touchdowns. And Ronald Jones is one of the biggest busts of the week. What do you think? I don't know why you're laughing at the Peyton Barber thing. This is funny to no one. No <laughs> one benefited from Peyton Barber scoring fantasy points. Wrong. Lots of people lost because of Ronald Jones, and you're just giggling yeah. like it was the funniest thing that ever I happened. started Peyton Barber in one of my leagues. 
I say I started Peyton Barber in a big time league where I needed a win. I was desperate for flexes. Nice. Well, congratulations to you, Dave. You're the only person in America that benefited. The only one. That's it. I will say I was completely wrong about Darius Geis, but also pretty much right. That's exactly how many touches I expected Geis to have. Uh, He had two monster runs against a Panthers defense that looked absolutely awful. And they got kind of, I mean, they just basically got pushed around by Washington. The game was not as close as the scoreboard looked. And um, that was impressive from guys. It's encouraging for next year because you hope that next year he's in a position where he's getting 15 to 20 touches, can stay healthy all year. And if that's the case, he's a top 15 running back. Okay. Is is Raheem Mostert the, the most important player to add on waivers? Now, unfortunately, at New Orleans next week. But he just faced a great run defense. Uh, we're going to get Matt Breida back next week, and so then it's going to be a three-headed monster. So I don't think he'll be most dirt, but <laughs> he's someone you should definitely add. 17% owned. I'm not sure if there's going to be a three-headed monster in San Francisco. I wonder if Breida and Mostert kind of take it from here and they tell Tevin Coleman, all right, you're good, you're fine, we might need you later, go take a seat. Yeah. Tevin Coleman, clearly one of the big losers That's, this week. Yeah, uh, humongous. I also forgot about Miles Sanders. 17 carries, 83 yards, 5 catches, 22 yards, and a touchdown at Miami. Gets the Giants and the Redskins next. And you know what? Let's just see what Jordan Howard's status is. But I think 66% started. And the start percentages are going to look a little funky because a lot of teams are eliminated. A lot of teams have just given up. So you don't know how legit it is going forward. But... We'll see how Miles Sanders looks if he's the guy going into that game against the Giants because he certainly uh, had a lot more touches than Jay Ajayi. Uh, wide receivers that really stood out. Let's stick it to that uh, Eagles and Dolphins game. And before I forget, by the way, Eagles DST probably uh, my biggest disappointment of the week. Wow, are they horrible. It's Jalen Mills. Yikes, bad game. Uh, but Devontae Parker, 159 yards, two touchdowns on seven catches. Alshon Jeffrey, nine catches, 137 yards, and a touchdown. They were two of the best. Other wide receivers who stood out, Cortland Sutton caught two touchdowns. He only had four catches. He was he had 74 yards. Cortland Sutton was the only Bronco with more than 15 receiving yards. And this was his lowest target volume of the year, five targets, but he made them count. And James Washington, four catches, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Dave, I gave you four names. Parker, Alshon, Sutton, James Washington. How many of them are must-starts? I think you've got to make that the case for Devontae Parker, and he was pretty much there anyway. I checked before we came on the podcast today. He was started in 75% of leagues. He had been a must-start in PPR for several weeks, and now he's there in non-PPR too. And the matchup against the Jets is going to be really good. And I think Corlin Sutton deserves it. I really do. And, you know, just like David Blau with Kenny Galladay, Drew Locke knew to just target him, and he didn't do it a lot. I wish he had done it more. Maybe he will in the coming weeks. But Cortland Sutton, pretty much, it feels like he's a reliable starter as at least a number two receiver in Washington. You got to hand it to him too. Stepped up and made plays with uh, with Duck Hodges, and I think you can buy into him as at least a high end flex. And he's out there in more than half of CBS Sports leagues. Alshon Jeffries, one we have to watch an injury for. He limped off late in the game, but if he's healthy and ready to go next week against the Giants, I think we're starting him too. Okay, kind of interesting with the Giants. Janoris Jenkins, their top cornerback, has just complained about not shadowing receivers. Last time he shadowed a receiver, Mike Evans had three touchdowns, I believe, in like 180 yards or whatever that game was. Mm-hmm. So he right. might get to shadow Alshon Jeffrey next week. 
But yeah, I mean Jeffrey's been pretty good when he's been healthy. And James Washington Hopefully has, he's healthy. Yeah, he has ninety James Washington has ninety or more yards in three of his last four games. Mm-hmm. Heath, uh, Heath, let's take a look at some of the top tight ends. Really uh, two I wanted to highlight here. And they were Jack Doyle and Tyler Higby, two of the best waiver wire pickups. Uh do both of them have staying power here, Jack Doyle and Tyler Higby? No, I think Doyle's pretty much a must start for as long as they are without T.Y. Hilton and Ebron. I mean, Ebron's out for the year. He is a streamable type tight end for the rest of the year because Ebron's out. But if T.Y. Hilton's out next week at Tampa Bay, Jack Doyle's a top eight tight end once again. Higby, I'm a little bit less certain on. I don't know how much time Gerald Everett will miss. And again, this was more of an Arizona matchup situation than it was something where you'll be able to rely on him on a week-to-week basis. Can you believe how bad they are against tight ends? It is hard to believe. 100 yards and a touchdown. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's, well, and, but we like we see this almost every year. We saw it two years ago where the Giants, like 17 games in a row or something, gave up a touchdown to a tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Cleveland you know last year was awful against tight ends. It just I, I bet. I bet this is worse. I bet. It, I bet they give up more points. I, it's pretty stunning. But I'll look. I'll look. We'll have some time. I'll take a How look. How do they not try and solve it? Fix it? Oh, I think they get are trying. Right. They, 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 I don't think they're trying they, they that hard. They cut a, They cut one of their starters over the fact that he couldn't cover tight ends. Well, that worked. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> okay. Uh, going into today's game, the Cardinals giving up 13.55 fantasy points. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. We'll see the last time a team was worse than that against tight ends. few things to promote here on Fantasy Football Today. We have a Facebook giveaway winner. I'll tell you about that in a second. But you got to watch CBS Sports HQ. I watched this morning. I watched it for weather updates. Weather, probably the most frustrating and annoying thing that fantasy analysts have to deal with. Uh, but you guys did a really good job on HQ. You gave out some gambling advice. So make sure you're, you're watching HQ, and you can watch FFT on demand. Just download the HQ app on your connected device. Brent is our Facebook giveaway winner. We asked him who he's thankful for. We asked all of you who you're thankful for. And he said he's thankful for Hunter Henry coming to me after being discarded on the waiver wire. And I was a victim of the O.J. Howard hype. And I would say that Hunter Henry became one of the best waiver wire pickups of the season, even though uh, I hope, I hope uh, Brent, that you had already locked up a playoff spot because Hunter Henry was terrible today. And O.J. Howard was a lot better than him today. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Yes, yes. But that is certainly true in week 13, not most of the other weeks. News and notes. All right, Daryl Williams left with a leg injury. And then we saw Darwin Thompson get, I think, 12 carries on the basically final drive of the game. And he scored a touchdown. But three running backs scored a touchdown for the Chiefs. When Daryl Williams left with that injury, he had had six carries and one catch. McCoy had four carries and three catches. So they basically Mm -hmm. split the workload. And now we'll see what happens going into the New England game next week. Nick, I, I think oh, the ahead. real lesson there is like LaShawn McCoy is not getting more than 13 or 14 touches in a game. Like no matter who he's paired with, he's going to get to 10, 11, 12, 13, and they're probably going to someone else. We got lucky with McCoy this week because of the touchdown because he was going to be really ugly without it. And Heath, you're right. It's been that way all season long. You just can't count on them for that big workload unless they get to that point in the season where they're just able to find an opponent that they can just run like crazy against and they just load up on him because they figure that they're going to discard him after the season. And uh, Nick Foles was benched, Heath. It's t- are you, do you want Gardner Minshew to come back for the sake of oh, the Oh, yeah. Bet? You do? Okay, okay. I, well, the funny thing is I think I have a lead. Right? I, know. I think I believe I now have a lead, 
But I like Gardner Minshew is better than Daniel Jones. So if you can give me a, a coin flip for the rest of the way, I'd rather have Minshew. Well, he's certainly got a better. I, I think he has a better schedule. They both have two good matchups left. Minshew is 10% owned. He's got the Chargers next week. That's typically a bad matchup. But then at Oakland and at Atlanta, typically good matchups. Greg Olson's in the concussion protocol. He's at Atlanta next week. Maybe that makes Curtis Samuel more interesting. Samuel uh, surprised me with a good game today. Adam Thielen's out for the Monday night game. BC Johnson is your best hope if you're desperate and you were going to start Thielen. He's 4% owned. In his last eight games, he has no more than 45 yards in any game, but he does have two touchdowns. Caleb Balazs. What about, wait a minute, what about Malik Turner? Or what if Josh Gordon is out on the waiver wire somehow? You tell me. Some way. the best bet? What if J.D. McKissick is dual eligible in your league? Well, he plays on Detroit, so I don't think he's going to end up (laughs) making it for the game. And see, maybe he'll buy a ticket and he'll play and you'll get points for that. Um, I might chance it with a Seahawks receiver before B.C. Johnson. Okay. Uh, Caleb Balazs left with a leg injury. Patrick Laird did his Caleb Balazs impression and had five <laughs> five yards on 10 carries, but he did score, and he had four catches for 43 yards, and Patrick Laird is at the Jets next week. Uh, New England players would support bringing Antonio Brown back, according to Jason Lockenfora, so maybe still worth stashing Antonio Brown. Mm, I don't think so. All right. The players might, but I don't think the owner does. Carolina, well, we'll see uh, if they play another stinker on Sunday. Who knows? Carolina defensive tackle Gerald McCoy left in the first half. They are so bad at defensive tackle. Uh, Baker Mayfield hurt his hand, but he returned. Travis Kelsey hurt his hip, but he returned. Daniel Jones has an ankle thing. Alshon Jeffrey limped off at the end of the game. Titans cornerback at Dory Jackson left with an injury. Colts wide receiver Chester Rogers left with an injury. That helped Zach Paschal have 100 yards. Eh, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but couldn't hurt. Uh, Denver guard Ronald Leary evaluated for a concussion. And then a couple of almost touchdowns. Aaron Jones. So close to scoring twice, in fact. Mm -hmm. And for Baker Mayfield, he had Demetrius Harris drop a pass in the end zone. He would have had two touchdowns in this game. Well, but he did not. Like, there were a a ton of. Andy Dalton had touchdowns dropped on back to back drives by tight ends, set up for field goals on both drives. He should have had a monster game. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, let's do an early look at the waiver wire with all those injuries. So we got Darwin Thompson that we could take a look at. Uh, of course, Raheem Mostert. Dave, who's the top priority, you think? It might be Benny Snell, who's still out there in over 60% of leagues and for the second week in a row looked pretty good. We don't know if James Conner will play next week or not, but they're going to Arizona. It's a good matchup against the Cardinals, and if Snell is the lead guy, I think he'd have number two running back potential. Okay, so Snell and Mostert are both out there. You're picking up Snell. I think I'm picking up Snell as of now. Now, if we get reports that James Conner is going to feel good, um, I believe Conner might speak on Monday. I think he's got a radio show that he might say something on. And if that's the case, then we would make a change. And uh, let me look at the schedule for Mostert. I know next week is bad. I, I don't think you'll feel good starting him against the Saints. Today was bad. Yeah, I don't know. He, he's just... That's true. It was a tough matchup today he's and good. terrible weather, and he did great. Uh, he's got Atlanta in week four, 15, Rams in 16, Seattle in 17. The only hesitation I have with Mostert is, is that Burita could come back and push him into a supplemental role. They might go back to Tevin Coleman, even though I don't think they should. Um, don't know if I can make the case that he'd be the number one guy. And I'm kind of intrigued by Darwin Thompson, too. Yeah. Because if Daryl Williams is out, Damian Williams doesn't come back, 
We just talked about how LaShawn McCoy doesn't seem like he's a lock to get a ton of touches. They're going to have him split with somebody. Could be Darwin Thompson. Yeah, I think there are other good options, Heath. Uh, Zach Paschal at Tampa Bay. Jack Doyle, if he's available. Um, Anthony Miller against Dallas, but also James Love Washington. James Washington's at Arizona. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great matchup. Anyone you want to add, Heath? Yeah, I think I'd prefer Miller, actually, to Washington. His targets over the last couple of weeks and the way he's played. Like, Washington had another very good game. I thought last week was a little bit fluky. This felt even a little bit flukier. I'm, I'm not really that interested in Washington. What about Russell Gage? If, yeah, is Julio coming back? San Francisco, though. I, I, I know. Well, I, I wonder if it's more about Hooper coming back than it would be about Julio coming back. Yeah, it's something you have to consider. But there, there are going to be some good wide receiver options for sure. And yeah, Miller's my favorite too. So how did how did FanDuel treat you guys today? I am looking at uh, my lineups now. I, I put in $28. I got back $43. I made 15 bucks today. Let's go. How about you guys? Uh, my return on investment was 400%. Ooh. I had a good week. All right, Dave. Heath had, Heath had such a good week last week, he doesn't need to have a good week for the rest of the year. But FanDuel's really fun. I was able to get Devontae Parker in my lineups. Um, so that was that was a bonanza. I was able to get Carson Wentz. He was my favorite quarterback on FanDuel. Thought he was a little bit underpriced. And even though, you know, Dave talked to me last night, he said, I said, I don't want to play Jared Goff because he's the fifth most expensive quarterback. And Dave said, but that means he might not be owned that many leagues. I said, all right. So I put Jared Goff in a lineup as well. So you have to think about ownership percentage. How owned is this guy going to be? If you play in a tournament and you want a lot of upside, you might want to go for a guy that you know not that many other players are going to have in their lineup. So I don't know what the ownership percentage was for a guy like Jared Goff, but I thought maybe he'd get priced out a bit, and he still came through with a really strong game. I love FanDuel. I have a great time on FanDuel. I'm on a bit of a hot streak now. It's really fun. And it's not even about the money for me. It's just about having more fantasy games to watch, more you know fantasy players to care about, players that I don't have on my other teams. I can have every week on FanDuel, and I can you know shoot for the moon and go for guys with big upside and try to get these big games and big payouts. You should sign up for FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash FFT. Put in 20 bucks, get 20 bucks back in site credit, $5 per week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT and make a $20 deposit. Again, FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. Let's talk about winners and losers. Dave, your winners, Robbie Anderson, who's 66% owned, and Jack Doyle, who's 73% owned. Do you think Robbie Anderson is the best wide receiver on the Jets? Fantasy. I'm not sure if he's the best one on the Jets, but I like the involvement the last three weeks. I think it makes sense that you've got to buy into it, and I love the matchup that he has in Week 14 against the Miami Dolphins. It just sets up for a good bounce-back opportunity for Darnold and company playing at home against them. Hopefully the weather cooperates. But really in a game where Darnold was terrible, Robbie Anderson still found a way to, to garbage his way to over 100 yards. And he's been giving you good numbers each of the last three weeks. Three weeks ago, it wasn't that great. It was a touchdown and not much else. But involvement is good, and he seems to be taking work away from Jamison Crowder over the last two weeks. I I just have no idea at all on a given week what's going to happen with the Jets receiving core. I mean, you would think the Dolphins would be a fantastic spot for Robbie Anderson. And you look the last time they played the Dolphins, when Darnold had an okay day, he caught two passes for 33 yards on four targets. Even last week when he had the big day, he only had five targets. This was 
this was a very encouraging sign that Robbie Anderson got 10 targets in a game, but I don't have any confidence in what's going to happen next week with this passing offense. As far as Jack Doyle goes, he's 73% owned. He was started in 48% of leagues. He was a great value on FanDuel for sure. He ends up with six catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown on 11 targets against the Titans, who struggle against tight ends, but not as much as the Bucks struggle against tight ends, and that's Jack Doyle's opponent next week. And he's mm-hmm. got four touchdowns in five games without T.Y. Hilton. If T.Y. Hilton comes back, would you still trust Jack Doyle um, now that Ebron's out, or does it need to be both Ebron and Hilton out for you to feel good about Doyle? I, I feel better if Hilton didn't play, but even if Hilton plays, I think Doyle is going to be too big of a part of the offense that they can't get away from him. Yep. Yeah, he looks pretty good. I mean, that, that's a guy you need to add if he's available. All right, Heath, your winners are Tyler Boyd and Peyton Barber. So go ahead with Boyd first. He was only starting 46% of leagues, five catches, 59 yards, and a touchdown on 10 targets. He got his quarterback back. And it was funny because the Bengals went right back to the type of offense they were running at the beginning of the year. They played with the lead this entire game and were not really threatened by the Jets for most of it. And they still threw 37 passes. Ten of them went Tyler Boyd's way. He was averaging 10 targets per game in Andy Dalton's starts earlier this year. So I'm just going to plug him right back in as a must-start number two wide receiver. I even expect better production than this, 5 for 59 moving forward. Hopefully he scores a little bit more regularly. Peyton Barber, it's just disgusting that Tampa Bay keeps doing this. I don't think he's their most talented (laughs) running back, but he's back in play as a flex until they give Ronald Jones 20 touches again. Well, we got an explanation after the game from Bruce Arians who said that Ronald Jones missed a blitz pickup and got benched for it. Oh, well, that makes makes perfect sense then. You should definitely play the guy that's less talented because the other guy made one mistake. Peyton Barber that's never right. makes any mistakes. No, none. None whatsoever. How could you say he's back in play as a flex? Who the heck's going to want to start Peyton Barber? I'm probably still the be people- desperate at, for my yeah. flex spot, so I'm probably going to start Peyton Barber. I don't love it. Yeah. I, I feel kind of ashamed. Yeah, I don't know. He, he, had, uh, he had 23 carries in week two, and... You know, this is obviously the most since then. He's been, you know, kind of junked. He does score a lot. How many touchdowns does he have now? He's got... Like uh, seven? I think eight rushing touchdowns. That's uh, a flex, six, Adam. Six, six rushing touchdowns, sorry. Six rushing touchdowns. And one receiving. He has yeah. one receiving, so he has seven, just like I said. Good luck. You know what? I hope we play each other. I don't think we will, but I hope we do, and I hope you start Peyton Barber. No, I'm going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> You know, you got lucky that Damian Williams got hurt because he would have scored a second <laughs> touchdown and I would have beaten you. And that has been... Damian Williams? He didn't even play today. Daryl Williams. You're lucky you he Darryl. got hurt. Yeah. Uh, and then I would have beaten you. Something like that. Sure, why not? Um, all right, so we'll get to the losers in a second. And well, I'll get to them right now. Heath, your losers are Hunter Henry and Brandon Cooks. So is there something to be concerned about here with Hunter Henry? Hunter, Hunter Henry, or was this just a bad game? <laughs> Well, I started off with it being the Chargers pass catchers. I'm still not sure just because Philip Rivers warmed up for a quarter and a half that he's not washed. They called plays. Hey, hey, hold, on, hold, on, they, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is this washed thing? It's washed up. When did we drop what? up? It's washed. No, it's not. Just because you oh, and, the, and the and the weirdos Adam, on Twitter are trying to Adam's start sorry, something. Into an it's old man washed up. And talk to us about how much time we have left on the podcast. So I, I've tried to cut out words that are not needed. <laughs> but now you've added another three minutes discussing it. So it kind of ruined the purpose. Philip Rivers, again, did not look very good for most of this game throwing the football. They're running it way too much. They did take some shots later in the game when they were chasing the score. But I just don't 
feel very confident in this offense right now. And I thought Hunter Henry was going to be like a guaranteed top five tight end this week and moving forward. And now I'm just kind of wishy-washy on him again. All right. He had two catches for 10 yards on three targets at Denver. Your other loser is Brandon Cooks. He's 84% owned. Two targets, 24 yards at Arizona where Cooper Cup had a big game. Robert Woods had, what, 17 or 19 targets? Something crazy. Uh, can we drop Cooper? Uh, can we drop Brandon Cooks? Yeah, I think you can. He's got one game with more than four targets since week four. Yikes. Okay, bye-bye. Uh, Dave, your losers. Oh, this is a good one. We haven't talked about this one yet. Jonathan Williams, 86% owned, 59% yeah. started, three-headed monster. He had only eight carries. Wilkins and Hines were both involved. Hines scored the touchdown. I got really mad because I started Jonathan Williams. Uh, what a lot do you of think? people did. Yeah. Uh, Adam, th- this is one we don't have an explanation for, and maybe Frank Reich talked about it after the game, but it, it's another perplexing decision by this Colts coaching staff. Last week against Houston, they ran the ball like crazy. They didn't throw much. They were playing Houston. They're terrible against the pass, as you'll see Tom Brady take advantage of in the game this week. And then this week, they're using three different running backs instead of the guy that gave them at least 100 yards each of the previous two games. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if Jonathan Williams like played a prank on Frank Reich and took his car from the parking spot and like drove it across the street to the grocery store and then left it there. And then Frank Reich is leaving the building at 11 o'clock at night saying, where's my car? And somebody points him over there and you know, then he gets benched for that. I don't know what's going on, (laughs) but Jonathan Williams definitely disappointed people. And and now I don't know if you can trust any Colts running back moving forward. Fair enough. Would you drop Jonathan Williams? Because we might get more of the Mac back next week. I think if, if Mac's back, we can trust him. I think right? he's on the chopping block. I'm not certain if I'm ready to say, cut him, get him off your team. It's it's over. Okay. Unfortunately, they have two of the better run defenses coming up at Tampa Bay and at New Orleans in their next two games. Oh, good. That means they're going to run the ball 50 times <laughs> in each game. And uh, Tevin Coleman... So, yeah, like, what do you do with Tevin Coleman at this point? Five carries for six yards, one catch for nine yards, and and now what? It's 49 carries over his last five games and more than five more than five yards and how many? Six of them or something? Whatever yeah, you can't start him. You yeah. can't cut him. You Runs just sit him on your five bench. yards, you're saying? Yeah, Adam? remember the stat we had his previous yeah. four games? He had more than five previous yards. Previous four games, he had seven runs seven. of five or more yards. And I don't think so he had any today. Five games. No, he didn't. So... I I think he could potentially be on the chopping block too. In 10 team leagues, I think you get rid of Tevin Coleman, no problem. But in 12 and 14 team leagues, you might have a harder time saying goodbye. Really just depends on the makeup of your roster and how badly you need one of the players that are going to be on waivers this week, specifically one of the running backs. Like dropping him off for Benny Snell, if we know for sure there's no James Conner, I think you make that move. All right. Heath, let's, when's the next time you think you're going to an event? You're going to need tickets. What do you think? Concert? Sports? Something? Soon. Soon? Oh, right. What do you think it's going to be like? You're going to go to a concert? Christmas present or something? I think something I know what wife? it is. Oh, you're going somewhere? I think Janu- I know what it is. January. Oh. Would you want to tell us what it is? No. I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> what is it? It's Celtics at Heat. Ah. All right. Cool. That'll be fun. Well, I hope you use SeatGeek to get there. I know you can't get the discount but because you, you've used SeatGeek before, but if you've never used it, 
Use the promo code FFT when you use the SeatGeek app and you will get 10 bucks off your first purchase. Now, here's the thing. You actually will get a discount because SeatGeek just has better prices. They bring in tickets from all over the web and they rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 and they show you where the best deals are on an interactive seat map. You can get those details. You can see the tickets that you should be buying. All right, so you need to download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT. And I've used other other apps. I don't really use them anymore. I basically just use SeatGeek, but I do like to check it, see how I'm getting the best price. And I am getting the best price on SeatGeek. It's just really a terrific app. Very easy to use. Over 50,000 five-star reviews in the App Store and every purchase is fully guaranteed. So download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT. I'm going to be doing that next month for a college basketball game. I'm telling you. Download the SeatGeek app. The promo code is FFT for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, the Mega Duds. Let's go through this list here. Some of the real stingers. Do we have to? Do we have to? Yeah, we do, Dave. All right, You're the fine. worst. All right, Sam Darnold. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, was it really that bad? It just, he didn't score. Yeah, I guess it was that bad. He, he scored nine points, 239 he, yards. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, I, uh, he, I, I, go ahead, Heath. I had a, a relevant Twitter poll today. Will Sam Darnold throw for as many career yards as Andy Dalton? Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I would say yes. Well, without knowing exactly how many yards Dar- Dalton has had, you're going to say yes to that, Adam? I think he'll throw. Uh, maybe not. Dalton became the all-time leader in Bengals history today in passing for I touchdowns. Think, oh, touchdowns. For touchdowns. touchdowns for touchdowns. Right? Yes. Not for I yards. think you're both well, you underestimating the number of yards Andy Dalton has oh, thrown for. Oh, I'm not. I know that it's a huge number. And overestimating yeah. the likelihood of Sam Darnold having a good career. I agree. All right. No, uh, you I'm know what? You're probably right. You, the first reaction was was yes. It's probably a no. But I think he's, you know, I think you're probably being a little bit harsh on him. Look, there was bad weather and it might have affected no. him. No. no. Okay. Go ahead then. Sam Darnold. Mega dud. He looked like he was Drew Locke and playing in his first NFL game. Like he, like he didn't understand the concept of you could get sacked. And, you know, turn the ball over. That's something that could happen in a football game. He was lost out there and he looked okay early on, but his offensive line really did let him down and they were doing a better job protecting him in the previous couple of games. In this game, they couldn't. The play calling was terrible. Adam Gase and his googly eyes were uh, atrocious in this one. And honestly, we talked about Robbie Anderson, how he had a 100 yard game, man. It might be like the luckiest thing that ever happened to Robbie Anderson. I think Darnold just looked completely terrible in this game. I think he was let down by his offensive line. His defense didn't do any better. Jamal Adams got hurt. That was part of the problem. It's a mess, and I wonder if it means that people are going to have a hard time trusting him against the Dolphins. I I think it's easier to trust his receivers. I think it's easier to trust his receivers than it is him because there are so many other quarterbacks that you can go to. And when you see the list of quarterbacks that are available in Week 14, you might feel better about guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick than you will about Sam Darnold in that same game. How you treat Sam Darnold this week will probably be the same way you've treated him the last three weeks. If you're someone who has been skeptical of Sam Darnold since the beginning of the year, you're probably not going to start him again. If you're someone who thought he was good and just had bad matchups early in the year, you're going to trust him and roll him right back out there again. No, but if you were skeptical, skeptical, yeah. if you were skeptical about Sam Darnold three weeks ago, going into this game, you weren't because you had. Seen oh, I was for well sure. I had ranked twenty first. You were. Why? But the majority Why, of the people were not. Why no. did you feel that Hold way, on. Heath? 
um, because he was on the road in a game without great weather against a highly motivated Bengals team, and I'm just not sure that he's any good. All right. And well, I saw a quarterback who was playing really well the past couple of weeks and making some great throws even when there was pressure on him. And today there was pressure on him, and he, he like fell to the ground and collapsed and cried like a yeah, baby. Yeah, but you know what? I think we should stop writing his career after every game, you know? Like, let's let Fine, the guy grow and develop. Week 14, but he was, I'm nervous. I'm That's nervous fair. about him. I mean, it's him. totally fair. But, but if you write his career based on his career, we're, we just don't know anything. You're right. We don't know anything, but I'm not going to say— Nobody said he's garbage, but, you know, sometimes it's just so much overreaction. He stinks. Oh, now he's great. Now he stinks. You know, let's see where it goes. Right. I understand being, being he, hesitant. He's, he was garbage today. He was really bad today. Okay, so moving uh, on, moving we'll on. We'll see what he does on. next week. Uh, Kyler Murray scored 12 fantasy points. He did have a rushing touchdown, but it wasn't pretty for him. Uh, the Rams' no. defense was too much. Starter sit next week against Pittsburgh. Kyler Murray. Sit. <sighs> I, I think I'm gonna say sit him, Dave. Side because I just I, I I hate that he's he just looks so bad. He didn't look good either. Really rough game for him. Okay. Well. And the Steelers defense just has been playing consistently well. There might have been a game here or there where that defense didn't look good, but for the most part, they've looked good. Uh. <laughs> That's the Dave side. Uh, Aaron Jones, <laughs> mega dud. Aaron Jones, 11 carries, 18 yards. He had a touchdown callback. He got stopped at the one, I think, twice. He had four catches for 13 yards, but now this is two garbage games in a row. I think only two games all year with more than 13 carries. Heath, where are you on Aaron Jones? I'm probably going to start him against Washington, but I'm like I can see myself in the future struggling with matchups against the Bears and the Vikings. I'm not certain I'm going to feel great about either of those games. So I would not necessarily say he's just a don't worry about it. We're going to start him the rest of the season kind of guy. I'm going to check out his playing time. Come back to me on Aaron Jones in a minute. Okay, so let's uh, talk about the wide receivers then. Terry McLaurin had two catches for eight yards. Odell Beckham had three catches for 29 yards. Christian Kirk was a mega dud. DJ Chark had two catches for 47 yards on five targets, and it was D.D. Westbrook who had the better game. Emmanuel Sanders had 41 yards in this game. So he really hasn't been that good. He's only had one game with more than 41 yards with San Francisco. He's been hurt, though. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's McLaurin, it's Beckham, it's Kirk, DJ Chark, and Emmanuel Sanders. Any names there really jump out among the mega dud receivers. I wonder if we're going backward with Odell again, and maybe we just we bit too hard on on Odell's play because he went off against Miami and thought, oh, he'll be okay. He'll be a good number two receiver. And you forget about what he really was before that Miami game, which is, I guess, kind of a number two receiver in PPR, but not non-PPR. And he's this, got the this, Bengals this and the Cardinals stung. the next two weeks. You're starting uh, him. I know, I know. Yes, come on, I'm, you're starting I'm, him. He look, I, I outlined it last start week, him, but it's going to be as a number two receiver, not as a number one. I outlined it last week, though. Whenever he has had a matchup against a team that was twentieth or, or worse against wide receivers, the worst he's done was seventy-one yards. Uh, it was week one against Tennessee. So he's had, he's been good. He scored in three of the four games. He had a really really tough schedule, which shouldn't be affecting Beckham this much. I'll give you that. But in good matchups, Beckham has been really good. So Part of the problem is that it's affecting Baker Mayfield. And the offensive line, there, there was another issue with the Browns' offensive line today. They were without their starting left tackle, and that definitely made a difference there. All right. Anyone else? Heath, uh, McLaurin, Kirk, Chark, Sanders? 
It was d- disappointing for DJ Chark. Um, I think Debo Samuel is the number one re- wide receiver on the 49ers now. Yes. And I just don't have any confidence in anyone in the Washington offense. I can't wait to draft Debo Samuel in fantasy next year. Yes. Can't wait. <laughs> I said the same just, thing about Dante Pettis a year ago. I know, I know. But there's there's things about Debo that are just – he's just a sharp player. He's versatile. I think he can be a high-volume catch guy. I mean, there, there's a lot to like about him. Quick point I wanted to go back to on Aaron Jones just to see if we can get something to figure out about why he had the game that he had. And I guess he was close to having the touchdown, like you said, but still not a lot of breakaway yards. He played 58% of the snaps. It's the most for him in his last three games. And I wonder if, if I, I can't imagine that there's enough on film where the coaches are going to say, yeah, maybe we need to turn to Jamal Williams a little bit more. But it is something that you have to monitor with the Packers is that they're certainly going to use them both maybe close to 50-50 moving forward. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure that the Giants, by the way, don't have a good run defense now. It's three games in a row they've been pretty good against the run, and it, it coincides with four games ago they got Leonard Williams so that actually might be a strength of theirs. And by the way, I am now at 2013. I've gone back at least five years. Oh, 2013, the Cardinals, 13.25 fantasy points allowed to tight ends. That is almost as much as they have allowed this year. This is really pathetic. 13.55 fantasy points allowed before this week. So they're going to be the most in years uh, You know, going into week 14. George Kittle was a mega dud. Any concerns there? Two catches, 17 yards on four targets at Baltimore. I think you chalk it up to the weather. I think the weather was most impactful in this game, the Niners and the Ravens. Well, it was like there were a couple, like the quarterbacks in Tampa Bay were much, much worse than we expected. One of them got benched. The quarterbacks in Kansas City were absolutely terrible. Um, Yes. Really, Aaron Rodgers... Aaron Rod, the, the quarterbacks in Cincinnati, even though Andy Dalton played well, he didn't have a good fit. Like Aaron Rodgers was the only good quarterback, I think, that was good in one of the games we were concerned about the weather. Yeah, because Mahomes, his throws really were affected. I mean, Romo was talking about it a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the wind was taking the ball at the last minute. And, you know, Travis Kelsey probably would have had a long touchdown, but the ball kind of moved. So the weather was bad there. All right, ready for the game, Seath? I'm ready. All right, I got a surprise for you. Okay, I got this for you. That's fun, right? The song? That's, that's, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Heath, what do we Why got? Why did you just clip that little bit? Why not do the whole thing? Because the, the, the top, what is it? The segment is called. So what's our first Believe It or Not? It's the Rams 34 and the Cardinals 7. You can trust the Rams again in the fantasy playoffs. <sighs> Seattle next week at home. I think they can be okay there because Seattle will be on a short week and then on the road at Dallas. I don't know what to make of the Cowboys defense. Dave, I play that when I, when you need, when I need an answer, I'm getting to my point. Why can't I build up to it? Oh, fine. So Uh, much less dramatic. I don't believe it by the way. I, I believe it for next week and then I'm going to table it from there. Yeah. I don't really believe it either. Adam, I'm, I'm going to be cautious with all of them. Like I'm certain that I'll start, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods will probably be a borderline number two. Goff's going to be, I would presume, not a start, but okay. And I'd be un- uncomfortable with Gurley. Woods is the one who should be your number two, and Cup should be the one that should be your borderline low end or high end flex. 
Yeah. And if you're going to rank them that high, then maybe maybe you said it right about Goff. Maybe you consider him, but not make him a must-start type of quarterback. Woods and Mike Williams both go over 100 yards today. Woods had 19 targets. Neither of them scored, so that is unbelievable. They're still getting the yards. They're not scoring. Woods has had 80 or more receiving yards in four of his last five games. And let's do one more, believe it or not. Let's go over to the Cardinals here. How about David Johnson is droppable. He is 88% owned. He had six touches for 24 yards in this game. Kenyon Drake had 15 touches for only 51 yards. But David Johnson is droppable, believe it or not. Believe it. He plays Pittsburgh next week, then Cleveland. It not matter who he plays. He doesn't play. Seattle. His he team plays Pittsburgh. In the, in the limited touches that he had, he did not look like a, a terrible, slow running back. Believe it or not, Dave, he's droppable. I think it's believable because of the matchups that he has. You're not. You're definitely not going to use him next week against Pittsburgh. I'd be surprised. You if can't he had a big use role. him when he's getting four or five touches a game. Right, but I wonder if what we like what it doesn't matter who he's playing against. Keith, I wonder if they saw something <laughs> in the limited snaps that he had today that could make him a bigger part of the offense next week. And then maybe after that, when they play Cleveland, maybe he's back to a 50-50 role with somebody else. Raheem Mostert Chase is Ed- on waivers. Chase Edmonds is the one you can drop. Raheem Mostert is on waivers. The only player you can drop is David Johnson. Do you do it? You can go ahead. All go right. ahead. Kansas City Believe 40, it. Oakland 9. Believe it or not, Heath. You're not going to be able to trust any Chiefs running backs. Mm. I don't believe it. I've had some good ones so far. <laughs> yeah. You're really making you guys think about it. I That's like a it. good one. I, they score. Not, I can't, they score. I a can't lot. trust them next week against the Patriots. So I believe it. You can't trust them. I think, I think you can trust them. I mean, well, I think Who? you can trust them. I don't know. I think you can trust both of them. The you Sean can McCoy. Start one. You get points. For Look, both. If Damian Williams comes right? back, then I don't know. Then, then it's, you know what? I'm going to, I'm leaning towards not now. I'm leaning towards not. <laughs> well, welcome to the right side of this. <laughs> it's a not. It's a dot. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, a few more. Believe it or not, Sammy Watkins is droppable. Believe it. I'll believe it. Believe Should've it or not. <laughs> Should have believed it after week one. <laughs> believe it Sammy or not. Sammy Watkins, three touchdowns. Terry kills hurt. Drop him. Don't use him. Yeah, don't use him. Right. saved everybody a lot of heartache. Tyrell Williams is a flex at best. How about let, Tyrell Williams is droppable? I don't know that I'm going to do that. Um, probably not. Would you start him against Tennessee? I might. Yeah. Possibly. Better weather. Would you start him against three? Jacksonville? Yeah. Would you start him against Jacksonville? Better weather. Possibly. Those are home games. Yeah. Car should true. play better. All right, cool. Okay. Next game. Ready? Denver 23, Chargers 20. Believe it or not, Cortland Sutton's going to be just fine with Drew Locke. Yep, I believe it. I do not. Uh, I think I believe it. He's really good. He's really good. He is really, really good. I, plays. Yeah. He had five targets. Right, but they okay. were winning. They never win. They I mean, only threw 28 times. Yeah, like what if they I think that was by design. But look at their the schedule. At Houston, at Kansas 20%. City, like they're going to probably have to throw more in those games, don't you think? I think so. 
Yeah, I'll be interested if Drew Locke's put in those situations if he performs any better because he averaged like five yards per attempt in this game. He was great to start. It was almost like David Blau all over again. He was great to start the game, and then he really got ugly into the second half. His interception was bad. What do you think about Mike Williams, guys? Five catches, 117 yards. So now looking at his yardage in his last uh, eight games, it's 74, 72, 47, 69, 11, 55, 76, and 117. He still has not scored a touchdown this year, but he's typically getting more than 70 or 70 or more yards, 70-ish yards, I well, would say. It's just like we said at the beginning of the year. I mean, <laughs> if Mike Williams could ever score touchdowns, right. he might be good in fantasy. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's weird. He's a deep ball guy now, whereas last year he was a red it zone is. guy. And you knew the ball was going to go to him. There, there was a fourth and fourth and eleven play that would have ended the game if the Chargers didn't convert it. Uh, you knew that Rivers was going to chuck it deep to him. He fell down on the route, got back up, and basically made a one armed catch to to keep the game alive for the Chargers. Well, he's sixty nine percent owned. So what do you think? Like was he, that? Did you think that was the catch of the day, or did you like Duke Johnson's that was touchdown one of catch the, against that, the Patriots? Oh, that, <laughs> Oh man, what a jerk! I I thought that was one of the best touchdown catches of the year, or the one of the best catches of the year. Corlin Sutton's touchdown in that game was one of the best catches of the year too. Whether or not that one, was I legit, I don't I'm think you sure. guys have told me how you feel about Mike Williams for goodness sake. And now I don't a bad feel, I don't feel great about him. I think he's a bench receiver in PPR. <laughs> how do you feel about Philip Lindsay? I mean, he is getting the work. He's not doing anything with it. They should give it to Royce Freeman more. No, they shouldn't. He, Philip Lindsay was a lot better when they were only giving him the ball 15 times a game. He scored six or fewer non-PPR fantasy points in five of his last six games. That's that's bad. I don't know. You can't I, trust him against you Houston. Right? No, you can't. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure you, I'm sure you'll tell me how the Patriots running backs are doing against Houston. Baltimore 20, San Francisco 17 as we get to the early games. Believe it or not, in this game. Yeah, believe it or not, Raheem Mostert is the best 49ers running back rest of season. Believe it. I'm not well, ready I don't to believe, believe it because I, yeah. I believe it. They, they're they going to change it over Why? two more times Why? before the season ends. Why on earth would they do that? They kept, Tevin Coleman has been bad five games in a row. Matt Breida, if you look at it, he hasn't been that good for much of the last month or two. Uh, Raheem Mostert is, I'm guessing in his career, averaging more than six yards per carry. He's earned it. Just give it to him. But well, I think they they'll give it that. to him this That's week. That's not what they do. That's not what they typically do, but maybe they made a change this time. And um, Matt Breida averaged five yards per carry in his not, not his most recent game, but the game before that. Yeah, okay, but he's had he like four of his last five. He's had thirty-five or fewer rushing yards, thirty-six or fewer rushing yards, something like that. Well, he's getting, he's gotten hurt in seven of those games. <laughs> Look, you didn't ask if he's going to be a must-start. You asked if he's going if Mostert is going to be the best, and I think he will be. Okay, I think he won't be. Who do you think will be then? I would bet on Matt Breida. No, no. Actually, I don't have to say who. I just think one of them will be better than him. <laughs> I, that think was the I think next week is going to be rough on all of them. And then the, the split will continue when they play against Atlanta in week 15. Maybe Mostert's the best guy for that game against the Falcons. But who knows? And the 49ers don't care about our fantasy teams. They're going to roll out the two best running backs they can. When one gets a hot hand, they're going to keep giving them the ball like they did with Mostert against the Ravens. Marquise Brown, 86% owned, only 30% started. Bad weather, bad matchup. Two targets and one catch for one yard. 
coming off a really good performance with two touchdowns, but only 42 yards. So, like, he barely ever gets to 50 yards now. Uh, where are you on Marquise Brown? Bench receiver. Boomer bust flex. Okay. Tampa Bay 28, Jacksonville 21. Heath? Believe it or not, Gardner Minshew and D.D. Westbrook are going to be fantasy league winners. Hmm. Well, on the surface, that sounds like a ridiculous statement. I but then you look at their it. schedule. But Heath's going to point to the schedule and say that they've got a chance. I'll believe it for Westbrook and PPR leagues. Well, Minshew next, at Oakland and at Atlanta in week 15 and 16. Right. Yeah, that's next where week's I a bad matchup, though. But yeah, six, 15 and 16 are good matchups. Uh, home against the Chargers might not be terrible for them. Because they're traveling? Yeah, Chargers yeah. going cross-country second road game in a row mm-hmm. after their season was just ended against the Broncos on the worst pass interference call in the history of football. <laughs> yeah, Locke had two touchdowns. Their season was them. over long before that. Who are we kidding? Uh, so it's yeah, true. I uh, look. I mean, there's certainly a case to be made. I just think my issue is like, is it going to be Westbrook week to week? Is it going to be Chark? You know, it's right. sort of like the Niners running backs. Well, we just know it. We know it's going to be Minshew. We don't know who it's going to be with. We don't know it's it going to be, be Minshew. Minshew by we the don't way. know for sure, <laughs> but it should be. That. Well, look I mean, at, the Jaguars have to turn the page and see what they've got in him. Heath, are you seeing his picture on on our video yes. show? Not only does he have that mustache, he's got chest hair like coming all the way up. He is very it's Heath crawling coming. up his neck. Look at that thing. Yeah, it's trying to get to his mustache. Uh, YouTube.com yeah. slash fantasy football today. All right, well, now he does, we know why he I does like look him. nice. You're right. <laughs> uh, uh, believe it or not, I I don't know what to say about the Bucks wide receivers. Believe it or not, they are not must starts. Godwin and Evans. What? Look, dude, look, I don't believe it, but Evans has had four disappointing games in a row. Adam, you're supposed to these are supposed to be things where someone might argue either side. What am I supposed to say about these guys? They've been really letting you down. I mean, start Godwin them the and they're of, going to be good sometimes and bad sometimes, but you have to always always start them because the upside is too high to sit them. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm I'm going to start them, but I just need to acknowledge. Mike Evans has had four disappointing games in a row. For Godwin, I think it might be 4 out of 5. I know he had a two touchdown game in there. Uh, I would say it's three out of five, perhaps four out of five. Uh, three catches, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Depends how you view that. So disappointing. All right, next up, Tennessee 31 and Indianapolis 17. Heath. Derrick Henry is the only Titan you can start in the fantasy playoffs. Fantasy playoffs are at Oakland, home against Houston, and home against New Orleans. Dave, Derrick Henry is the only Titan you can trust. Start. Don't believe it. I still think I think you can go back to Ryan Tannehill, who didn't get you the 22 fantasy points that you've been coming to expect from him, but he still had two touchdowns, and he had a mostly good game, and the matchups for the next two weeks are favorable for him. So I would like to see what happens in the Patriots-Texans game, but I've made the case that the Texans are not necessarily a good matchup now that they're healthy. Uh, but what's really concerning is Ryan Tannehill has thrown 19, 18, and 22, fan- 22 passes in his last three games. So I'll probably start him next week, Keith. I I mostly believe it. I don't know that I'm going to be starting Tannehill in weeks 15 and 16. I mostly believe it, too. Uh, for the Colts, believe it or not, Zach Paschal is uh, is worth adding. I hated how he played in the three weeks before this game. 
Absolutely hated it. He did not look good at all. He was making mistakes. His catch rate was super low. And then he comes out today and has 10 targets. They had no one else to throw to at receiver, really. And he had 109 yards and seven catches. I'm worried about his consistency from week to week. What do you think? Is it worth adding? If they got Tampa Bay next week, don't forget one of those bad games for him was with uh, Brian Hoyer. I think I think he is worth considering adding off waivers. Okay. All right. Washington 29, Carolina 21. Kyle Allen is a good week 14 streamer. And I think maybe we did a bad job not mentioning that he scored 27 fantasy points yeah, until now. I know. I know it. Yeah. And he scored 28 last week, didn't he? So 20, I, I yeah, think that's true. 28 at New Orleans I mean, he last was week and 27 this week against absolutely the awful for a good chunk of this game. Yes, he was. But <laughs> yep. He's at Atlanta and he's scoring fantasy points and they can't stop anybody uh, from scoring points against remember them. Remember when we said that about Kyle Allen three weeks ago and he scored like zero points or whatever it was? That's true. So you don't believe it? I don't believe it. I don't trust him, Dave. I think he's in the streaming conversation, but I don't think he'll end up being my favorite streamer. Okay. Kyle Allen. Yeah, it is weird. Two big games in a row. He's been pretty hot and cold. Christian McCaffrey, the one week I decided to start him in FanDuel, was his second worst game of the season. Uh, believe it or not, Curtis Samuel uh, should be started. All right, so next week they have Atlanta. Uh, believe it or not, Curtis Samuel is better than Emmanuel Sanders rest of the season. Believe it. I think I believe it. He's been better than Emmanuel Sanders so far this season, right? Yeah. For the most part. I mean, I just I wonder if Emmanuel Sanders isn't going to be himself because of the injury that he has. All right, but we Samuel got is very up and down. A few more games here. Miami 37 and Philadelphia 31. Heath. Devontae Parker is a legitimate top 12 wide receiver. Believe it, baby. Oh, yeah, I believe it. Double-digit targets in every game without Preston Williams. And this was not a situation. Like, Philadelphia's pass defense might actually not... We thought they were getting better, and then this game happened. Most of the plays that Devontae Parker made, he was just leaping over a cornerback to make the plays. It's not like he was wide open. <laughs> All right, so let, let's... Devontae Parker, believe it or not, Devontae Parker is a top 40 pick next year in drafts. Top 48, top 48. What believe team it. is he going to be on? Dolphins. Who's his quarterback going to be? Gosh, dude, I don't know. Just answer. That's why I can't. I can't believe that. I can't believe he's, that he's a round four if, pick. If he was in this exact situation, my answer would be believe it. Fitzpatrick to to uh, Parker. Uh, all right. That's what the Dolphins do after their tank year is keep Ryan Fitzpatrick around. No, uh, it'll be um, just believe it or not, Dave. I said I don't believe it. <laughs> oh man. Let's see. Let's do one for the Eagles. Believe it or not, Dallas Goddard is a must-start tight end. Man. Six for 66 in this game. I don't quite believe it. I don't either. I wonder how much of it had to... Ertz should have had a big game. You want to talk about an almost touchdown? He almost had one of those. Had a big catch fall off his hands earlier in the game, too. I, I think he's he's like a short area outlet for Wentz, and that's about it. Any game where Carson Wentz is expected to throw a lot, you can you can 
consider Goddard as a like 10 point PPR type of tight end. Who would you rather have rest of season? Or let's say they were both on waivers. Mike Gasicki, who gets the Jets next week, then the Giants, then the Bengals. And he had a nice game. He's had uh, three good games in his last five, Mike Gasicki. Or would you rather, rather have Dallas Goddard, who's, you know, he's been pretty good for like seven games now, basically. Uh, Goddard or Gasicki? Goddard's got Gesicki. the Giants, and then Washington, and then Dallas. Right. They all they both have good matchups, at least for the next they, two right. weeks. The Giants have been really tough on tight ends this year, right? They haven't faced any good ones. Like, But but they've been really tough on tight like ends, like second right? or third against tight ends, yeah. But I don't buy I, it I feel for gross. one second. I feel, I feel gross going either way with this one. I'll say... I'll say Gasicki has a little more upside, but I it feels gross. Heath, I said Gasicki three times now. <laughs> <laughs> Cincinnati twenty-two and the Jets six. Heath, <laughs> believe it or not, you can start both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the fantasy playoffs. Oh, okay. Well, I I, I guess we're on the Cleveland game because I just said Cincinnati twenty-two, Jets six. I guess we're on the Cleveland game. (laughs) All right, let's jump to the Cleveland game. We'll come back to the Jets. Pittsburgh 20, Cleveland 13. Believe it or not, you can start both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the fantasy playoffs. Dave? I I believe it if it's a PPR league. Okay, that's fair. They got the Bengals next week, then at Arizona. Doesn't get much better than that. And then Baltimore week 16 doesn't get much worse than that. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with Dave. I believe it in a PPR league. Yeah, I believe it in any league this week and next week, and then no leagues in week 16. (laughs) Okay, how about believe it or not, yeah, Odell Beckham is a must-start the next two weeks, Cincinnati and at Arizona. Because of the matchups, I think you can believe it. And believe it or not, Jarvis Landry is a top 48 pick next year. Believe it. In PPR, I think you can believe that. He's been better than Odell. I think it's now six straight weeks. I don't, you know what? I think he's going to be a bust next year. All these red zone targets that he's getting, all these targets inside the 10 yard line. He came into the, to the game leading the league in targets inside the 10 yard line. I don't think that's going to continue next year. I think Beckham will get more. I think Njoku will get more. He's going to be a bust. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, all right, ready for the Jets game now? Yeah. Okay, believe it or not, on the Jets and the Bengals. Believe it or not, you can start five Jets this week against the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you can. I believe it. Yep, I believe it. Believe it or not, do not take Joe Mixon out of your lineup. Ever, idiot. <laughs> Did you sit Joe Mixon, Adam? Yes, I did. A lot of people did. He was only started in forty, no, sixty-eight percent of leagues. He didn't have You're a great game. You're going to start him next week. You're no, he didn't. He found the end zone. Yeah, you'll start him next week, and then in week fifteen, when he plays the Patriots, um, you're not going to use him. And then week sixteen, when he's at Miami, you're going to use him, and he'll be start of the week, and everything's going to go great. <laughs> he'll help you win a fantasy championship. All right, well, Joe Mixon, I mean, he has come through with at least solid games against really good run defenses pretty much week after week now, it seems. So got to give him some credit. He's getting the work, and he's, he's at least giving you like seven points or something as a floor. And finally, Green Bay 31 and the Giants 13. 
Believe it or not, Darius Slayton is actually the best wide receiver on the Giants. Man. Just, I don't believe it. No, I don't either. Golden Tate. Right. I believe he now has 30 targets over his last three games, had more targets than Sterling Shepard, more catches, and more yards in this game. Right. He doesn't Who I don't had more think touchdowns? he gets a lot of red zone targets. He's a big play guy, so I'm not sure he's going to get the touchdowns unless they're big plays, whereas Shepard entered the game's second most red zone targets on the team and he only played five games. So that's why I might give the nod to Shepard there. But I don't know, that's pretty reasonable, you know. I, I would say I like Golden Tate the best if they're all healthy, but I don't know. Um, Caden Smith had six catches for 70 yards if you happen to stream him. We talked about him all week, so that was nice. Yep. And that worked out. You know, I'm just disappointed. In, I know it's going to sound crazy. I'm not disappointed in the fantasy production because Devontae Adams caught two touchdowns, but I'm disappointed that he's gotten double-digit targets four straight games, and he's had 41, 118, 43, and 64 yards. It's not coming as easily to Devontae Adams as I thought it would. And no. he, is, he is fine in the end zone. That's good. And he's getting a lot of catches. Like, you start him. It's not really a complaint. But it's an observation. I, I, thought, I feel like the production should be even a little bit better, at least in terms of yards. We're getting 2017 Devontae Adams with a bad toe. Well... And I don't like. I don't know that it's just 2017 Devontae Adams. We're on an efficiency basis. We're getting every year besides last year Devontae Adams. Fair point. Okay. I don't have time to argue that. So we're gonna we're gonna go. <laughs> He's hey, good. Adam, remember He's remember when I told you that Tom Brady. Remember when no, I told you that Tom Brady go, was everybody. finding out about Thanks. that defense. Da, 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 da. Two, He's gone two for nine <laughs> with an interception since. Sorry. We're out of here. Bye. Na 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 na